if it was not it was not recorded, I would go do something else. This is not just for us. We're not meeting just for us. <clears throat> I've been watching some recordings from Alan Watts from 50 years ago, and I still derive benefit from his research experiments. And so I'm just paying back a debt because right now this space that we're in is on the cutting edge of human consciousness, especially if you have your center. So please put your attention on your energetic center and move it to your physical center using your intention. When you have it there, drawn out from the future and the past and sideways in any direction, put it on your center, use your clicker to make a grounding cord between your center and the center of the earth. And at the count of three, please tell me what color it is. One, two, three. Silver. Blue. And then make another click, please, and make your bubble of space. So each one of you has your own bubble of space. And I, I click my clicker one more time and I'm holding this golden cube of space that we have our meeting in. It's called the meeting space or workspace. So if you want, you can also hold that space with me. And it includes all of us in this space that we have together. Thank you. It's nice. I feel glad to see you. Some of you I did not see for a while, and some of you I did not see for a longer while. And so it's just, I've heard wonderful stories about Poland and events happening in Poland. And I just got to talk to Cornelius Blitz yesterday, and he was on fire. So <laughs> whatever you guys did, his tail was still burning. <laughs> so he was really, he had tears in his eyes. He missed you guys already. He wanted to come back and see you already. So he, he did not want me and Aunt Chloe to come here because then he, he was not going to come there. So he's going to compete with us to see who gets to come there. <laughs> except, except it's high level fun and high, high drama because we actually don't compete. <laughs> There's no winners and losers in the kind of competition I have with Cornelius Butz. <laughs> <laughs> it's only winning happening. Okay, I have a plan and I just want to check if that will destroy anybody else's plan. So I understand that Magdalena and, and Chloe are leaving this space after this meeting. So I will give you two minutes each to uh, make your goodbyes because um, any any other logistical things I'll take that as a no i have a, a suggestion about our telegram group that and chloe makes uh, other people as well administrators so we can add add new people when needed Yes. Who should I make ad admin? Anika. Okay. And then I can add other people too. Great. And wasn't the answer to that question obvious? <laughs> it's the one who has the question is the one who should be the administrator. 
It's the one who's asking. So what were you gonna say, Anne Chloe? I'm missing my beat book, so I'm gonna come back in a second. Okay. Any other logistical things? All right, uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I can. I've been working on a website that I wanted to share with you. It's called Game World Traditions. So I don't think any of you have seen it because I just made it. So if you, either you were sneaking into my computer and looking over my shoulder but you guys are from Poland and you probably don't do things like that. So, but uh, here we go. I'm gonna share my screen. Host has disabled the participant screen sharing. Could you enable participant screen sharing or make me host somehow? Yes, just one moment. Um, let's see, if, does it work now? I'm checking. Yes, it does. Here we are. We are sharing the screen. All right. I see it's got other plans in mind. All right. Uh, let's see. We're good enough. <clears throat> so this website here is called Game World Traditions. And I want to share it with you because the clarity that comes out of uh, this distinction about the distinctions about game worlds is growing. And Chloe and I are currently on week four or five of a 12 week game world incubator that we're delivering online to about 24 people around the world. And it's a hopping space. So, I mean, as a side note, one of, the, one of the things we discovered is that game world building, which I originally thought had to do with uh, a lot of clarity about how to actually formulate spaces and how to um, build a codex and rules of engagement and the, the structure of a game world, it turns out that a lot of the work of building a game world is changing your own shape. That you, you yourself need to have a shape that correlates to the game world that you're creating, or you keep creating your same game worlds that you've been creating. And what that of course means then is that creating new game worlds involves step-by-step -step emotional healing processes and initiatory processes. And, and without those emotional healing processes and initiations, the person does not change enough for the new world to have space to occupy. And so that, that was surprising to me, and, but it's exciting because we know how to do emotional healing processes. You know, we've been developing this technology for 40 years. And so this is something that we can provide for each other. And it turns out that Anne Elizabeth Hobson from the United States of America in, in Florida there is a holding space now for an additional uh, 
platform. And since we're sharing the screen, I can just share that with you. It's called EHP Dojo, which EHP stands for Emotional Healing Process. And so here's a website called EHP Dojo from mystrikely.com. And it's, it's fairly complete in terms of what an EHP dojo is. So I, the word dojo is Japanese actually. And the word dojo is a formal training temple for immersive learning. It is, and it actually dojo in Japanese literally means place of the way. So, and what we mean by the way is this ongoing path of authentic adulthood initiatory and healing processes. In our particular version, that healing and initiations are contexted in archiarchy, which is next culture. And so it's really, for me, exciting to, to that we have allies around the world who are starting to understand how important the emotional healing processes are for building new game worlds, for example. And, or for example, occupying or creating space in next culture, for example, for your possibilitator specialty. What is your specialty as a, a person who's creating, co-creating next culture? What services are you providing? And how can you become a bridge? How can you become a bridge for others to come over to next culture? So becoming a bridge means changing your shape again. Instead of being merely a slave uh, inside of the game worlds of modern culture, you're inventing your own game worlds as a bridge over to next culture. And that will be a service for other people. And so I'm, I just wanted, there's a, there's a lot in the website about EHP Dojo in terms of what it is contexted in. It's contexted in things that you're probably pretty familiar with. And the procedure for it, what I wanted to show you is uh, that has the details about how the, how the game world of the EHP Dojo works and the prerequisites. But what's, what I'm finding amazing is where EHP Dojos are useful. So I started talking about building game worlds, how EHP's emotional healing processes are crucial to being able to build out a new game world, but it's also crucial in a women's circle. And, or as of course in possibilitator training, but also in a possibility team. You know that you've been in a possibility team and emotional stuff comes up. Well, if you have the possibility, possibility team and a dojo, they just work together. So then the possibility team is not focused on doing emotional healing processes that can happen in the dojo. And then and the possibility team can roll along unfolding possibilities in each other and strengthening skills and creating new spaces. So that's, this takes the burden of having the emotional healing processes out of the possibility team and it goes in the space, collaborative space of, of emotional healing processes. You know, one of the reasons I can say all this is because we had a study group for Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love, the Building Love That Lasts, this fat book. We had it for, we had 70 meetings of this thing. So it was a year and a half, went for a year and a half or so, it was 70 meetings. 
We covered 200 pages in the book, did all kinds of experiments and, and almost everybody in the study group was having ongoing emotional healing processes. They needed ongoing emotional healing processes to encompass or bring out the new part of them that was being spoken to in the book. So study group needs with it an emotional uh, EHP dojo, right? Next to the study group, you have this EHP dojo. Men's circle needs EHP dojo. Rage club needs an EHP dojo. Trainer path. Um, even like, for example, something like gremlin training. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but there's a, a, a small team providing gremlin training, uh, for example, and they also decontamination work is happening. Those things also need right with them an EHP dojo to go along with it. So these examples of where the EHP dojo can, can support the work that we're already doing is a, I think it's a, a really exciting evolution in our ability around the world to make the, you know, to support each other in the kind of game worlds we want to create. So any questions, so that just so you know, uh, <clears throat> there's a, a contact, uh, let's see, there's a, uh, where did it go, the contact person for, so yeah, there's just a contact form on the website where you can check with Anne Elizabeth Hobson. There's also, probably some of you know, there's an EHP uh, group on Telegram. Are any of you in that group, the EHP group on Telegram? Oh, great, okay. So, yeah, so it's an open group on Telegram, but then there's in making these smaller groups called EHP dojos that are working out, happening around. And so I wanted you to know about that. So any questions or anything about the EHP dojo? Okay. Is, is it like um, a specific space or is it like, can it be like a spontaneous space that kind of emerges when there's a, somebody asks for an EHP? No, it's a regular weekly okay. space. Mm -hmm. And people uh, commit to three months, say. Okay. And then... Uh, there's a team that forms up mm -hmm. inside. And so people go to the dojo, especially even when they don't have for themselves an emotional healing process that they need. So they're there to help other people. And then they usually break up into groups of three and work on multiple processes simultaneously. And then it's not usually so big. It's, it's like nine people or 12 people. It's not a very big group. And then they come back and just check in with each other afterwards before they go out. And so it's a weekly group like that. And Chloe? Yeah, I mean, I know so a lot, many of you are delivering Rage Club and there was, there's often this question that comes up in, in the Rage Club, there's not enough time to just take people through the emotional healing processes they, they need. And so I know that a lot of space holders ask, well, what do I do as people who need extra emotional healing process from stuff that comes up in the Rage Club? And so there was this thing of like, okay, you can make it for a discount price or you, you have one for free or whatever. But I think that actually the EHP dojo 
parallel to the Rage Club is a fantastic idea. And so people meet twice a week, one time for the Rage Club and then another time for the dojo. And, and even if the participant don't have a lot of skills, like they're really new in, in this feelings work, they can do this warm up, the warm up dojos. So just learning to inner navigate, you know, I feel mad, sad, glad and scared and a completing incomplete emotion. And that builds so much matrix that even then during the sessions of Rage Club, they have a lot more space to um, what, digest what you're offering. Thank you. I, I realized that I did that with, I was doing that with my groups, uh, encouraging uh, women to meet. Uh, it wasn't, I didn't call it dojo. I, I just encouraged them to meet in groups of three once a week. They, they could pick different group, different person once a week, and they could, you know, work with what they, what they have, this inner navigation. And it, it worked. So I'm, mm -hmm. it, it, it really supports the process. Mm -hmm. Right. So there, there's a, uh, for example, there's, there's no space holder necessarily already for most of these. There's the space holder for the, once a week general open EHP dojo is Anne Elizabeth Hobson and it's occurring on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on New York time. Every Wednesday, 9 a.m. New York time is this open EHP dojo. So all these other ones are open for people to take a stand for. You know, I'm, I'm, we're having a study group, here's this dojo, we're having rage club, here's this dojo. And you can tell me or tell Chloe something like that and we'll just put put your name up here so other people can find you and join you so like that. So people can do that. So if you want to be a space holder for a particular, you know, you could even have a EHP, a Polish EHP dojo, you know, for just Polish speaking. And that would be fantastic. We have to come up with a cool logo for Poland, you know, something with gnocchis or what's those, um, the Suzas, those, those crepe Suzettes, no, the, what are those things called? Those <laughs> Knedliki, Knedliki, something like that. Or Vanichka. Yeah. You know, pierogi, pierogi. Pierogi, yeah, yes. like pierogies, yeah. I have a plate of greasy pierogies with butter melted all over and grounded up, you know, poppy seeds and things. Mm. So mm. that can be the logo for the, for the poll. You'll get every, you'll get more people than anybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> people know what pierogies are. So yeah. So okay. Anything else about the HP dojo? I think you get it. Yeah, I have a, a question about Magdalena's and then Chloe's two minutes. Yes. And uh, when What's are the question? what is they were supposed to happen and then they didn't. No, they're going to happen. They're going the to happen. Okay. At the yeah. end. So if you can give me a six minute warning or seven minute okay. warning before, before I would okay. have to end, that would help. Yes. Thank you. I had the impression that they were happening in the beginning, but. Oh, no. Okay. No, we don't end things at the beginning. We end oh, at right. the end. Just logical. Thank you. All right. Okay. So I will flip back over here to the Game World Traditions website. So, uh, I wanted to talk with you about the game world traditions because each of you is involved in game worlds in your daily life. Are you aware of this? 
I'm suggesting that you are less aware of it than you could be. Because then if, if you are not aware of the game worlds that you are playing in, you do not get to make choice about it. And so I, I'm bringing this up from the angle of looking at a game world due to the traditions inside of the game world. So traditions, I'm just reading what it says right here. Traditions are fictional. They are invented out of nothing. Yet the traditions of your game world create your game world's heart and soul. It's like the, it's the living part of your, of your game world is the traditions. Consciously creating your game world traditions allows you and your people to come alive in unexpectedly joyful ways. The reason I say that is because the traditions of the most of the game worlds that we play in are not created by us. They're created by other people or institutions. So, uh, and therefore they're designed to make the institutions happy or the companies happy or the religions happy or the political parties happy or something like that. Those are the game worlds, their traditions uh, are designed, you know, the government's tradition is designed to make the government happy. So you be nice, you pay your taxes and you retire and die really quick. So we don't have to give you so much uh, social security benefits, you know, that's the idea. And then, so these are the, they're not designed, the traditions are of the, game worlds that most of us are playing in most of the time are not designed by us. So they're not designed to make us happy or satisfied or on fire or inspired like that. They're designed to serve the purposes of the creators of the game world. So when you create traditions in your game world, then new dimensions of yourself can leap into the world. They can come out of you and be expressed. They can come out of you and be shared. You can interact with the other people in your game world in these new dimensions because you created the traditions. So every game world is invented. This is just about game worlds. Before there were human beings, there were no game worlds. Is that clear? There was no game worlds on planet Earth until human beings came along and invented them. So every single game world is invented. Not even God invented game worlds because humans invented God. So I'm not saying there's not a huge force of consciousness at work in the world, but the whole idea of what God is was invented by human beings. The whole story around how you're supposed to relate to God or whatever. That's all invented by human beings. We built the God game worlds. God did not, we did. So as a game world emerges, its traditions come to life and evolve. And when the traditions of a game world come to life, they come to life either consciously or unconsciously. And I would suggest that if there were people inventing their traditions, like from the tax office or the corporate uh, uh, human relations department or their marketing department from the corporations design up the traditions of, or 
school, for example, or the health system, the insurance system, the automobile transportation system, the oil consumption and, and uh, natural gas and electricity delivery systems, like all these systems evolve traditions and they evolve mostly to serve unconscious purposes. You know, the purposes that are not, you're not aware of the consequences of those purposes. And so uh, every game world tradition is invented out of nothing and it is an experiment, which means we don't, we don't really know how it will work. <clears throat> we make a good guess, we try, and we see how it works. And then, and then we evolve the traditions. So some game worlds have adopted the tradition to act as if their existing traditions are carved in stone and cannot be modified or eliminated. Can you give me some example of game worlds that adopt the tradition that their rule system is, is solid and inflexible? Can you give me some examples of that? Corporations, for example. Say it again. Corporations. Corporations, okay. Can you tell me a rule, one of their traditions? So the traditions are that you have to deliver a target and then you get pay. Okay, yeah. And Thank it's you. unchangeable. Exactly, right. Okay, somebody else? Mm, democracy. Can you explain? Uh, that you have, um, you have uh, how do you call it? People that are your... Uh, representatives, people that ah, yes, are yes. representatives, and you vote and choose only a small group of people who, who make it, who make to make decision. So that whole tradition is defended. It yes. defends itself. Very well defended. Yeah. And the, and the fact that they are well defended is itself a tradition. You get this? It's designed into the game world as a tradition that these traditions cannot be changed or very difficult mm -hmm. to change because, because it is democracy, for example, or it is business. It is the business world, or this is economics. This is the economic world. And then these traditions are designed to defend themselves, and it's a tradition that they defend themselves. I mean, I really had a shocking wake up not so long ago, like 20 years ago, something that when a corporation, when a business had a problem, that the police and the army came to defend the business. They came to defend the property owner. They came to defend um, the game world that is difficult to change. So the, what I realized was that the police and the army is not there for me. And it is not there for democracy. It's there to protect essentially the businesses. And so that was really a shocking wake up call about how defended and how well defended the traditions are in certain game worlds. And it was just like, wow, does it have to be that way? Well, no, actually, no. Is it true? 
Well, no, actually, no. It is simply a tradition. Simply, it's a tradition. So some game worlds act. Can I, can yeah. I share a story? Yeah. Well, it's just I'm reading this book called Shogun, and it's a book about um, basically British people in the, the 1700s or something like that arriving, 1500, arriving in Japan, and there's and there's this cultural. It's just like that. The, the British people say, God, those Japanese are savages and they, they, they know nothing, you know, they don't, they're not cultured. And then it's amazing that the, the writer shift from the point of view of the Japanese and say, God, those British people are barbarian. They're just barbarian. And, and both traditions are, in, you know, are insane. But I remember being like traveling in Asia and getting the tradition of taking my shoes when I went into buildings, which was totally foreign. I used to walk around my house totally with shoes. And in Germany, they have the same tradition. But in France, it's like everybody walks with their shoes in the house. But I, I remember going into an international hotel and wanting walking barefoot in the breakfast section, and they would not let me in. <laughs> so it was like the international business tradition was like, no no barefoot you had to have shoes and and I, I remember in being in the law in the lawyer's office i wore heel, heels and I, it would just hurt my feet so i would just walk barefoot and people were just shocked they, in paris in paris they're yeah. really shocked that i would walk barefoot so there's also like these kind of really small small traditions that are also so uh what set in stones yeah thank you yeah, thank you. Anybody else want to say something right now? Uh, I have been uh, listening a lot to uh, Alan Savory, who's in holistic management, and he has this theory that institutions also have boxes, or that's my interpretation, and that they will do anything they can to defend their boxes. So I, this resonates, I think, if I understand correctly, it's a bit the, the same thing that this tradition of the institution, it's something that they want to defend. And that's, so dif and that's why it's so difficult to get institutions to, to change their, their ways. Yeah, so it's an institution is a game world. Mm. And Alan Savory, he's doing this holistic land management, which is a, a procedure for managing uh, mostly grasslands where he's introducing animals in essentially large numbers that are, that are managed across different parts of the land at different seasons of the year to regenerate the, the, the ecosystems of the land. And it freaks out people who uh, have completely different um, and also failing, even though they're failing methods for managing the land, they have a, a handbook or something, I don't know, some way they're supposed to behave. And if his proposals are different from the handbook, the institutions, they freak out. So this is what he's talking about is his own personal experience. I happen to have had an interaction with Alan Savory. So I know, I, I know who you're talking about and mm -hmm. what his program is. I actually give them 10, 10 euros a month. I, I support their institution by <laughs> providing funds to their 
Alan Savory's uh, work. So, so what possibility management is a game world and possibility management has, it's a, a design, an evolving design. And it's been evolving since it kind of originated back in 1975. And particularly since 1998, the first expand the box training, it has continually evolved. And people come and people go and the game world evolves and certain people stick around and realize that there's a place for them in that game world because they love the tools or they love the maps or they love the effectiveness of the emotional healing processes or they, and there's this, and, and so people are getting this more and more. And that's why I was so excited to share about how, for example, first there was Rage Club. You know, Anne Chloe took a stand for delivering these Rage Clubs more often. And then people, there was a need to build out a new part of the game world called Rage Club Space Holder Training. Ah, so then she started, for no reason, she, Anne Chloe asked nobody. And she started delivering Rage Club spaceholder training. And she delivered this often enough to now she's at the point of delivering Rage Club spaceholder training, training, like training people to, to deliver Rage Club spaceholder training. So it's a trainer training program. And so, so that the, that part of the game world blows out. Well, it's after Rage Club has gone on for a while it became obvious there was need for a fear club. So then Anne Chloe started to deliver fear club. And then pretty soon it became obvious, well, we need to deliver a fear club space holder training. And so this game world is just blossoming out like that. And then people, more and more people are occupying these bubbles and these bubbles, each one of them is a bridge to next culture. What do I mean? I mean, in next culture, there will be rage clubs because rage club is an authentic adulthood initiatory process. If you don't blow out your emotional body tubes, they are full of dust and spider webs and cockroaches and dead frogs until you blow them out with stellating rage and it blows it out and then the rage can move. Oh, wow. And then you can start holding boundaries. You can say what you want. You can make distinctions. You can make changes and then all of a sudden the fear is blocked. You need your fear back. And so then you have to blow out the fear tubes. And so each one of these things is an adult and initiatory process that is central to becoming an adult. Therefore, it's central to next culture. And anybody who can hold that space or provide that space for other people is a bridge for those other people to, become, to come towards next culture. You get that? And so the thing is, it's a, people have this fear. People are so stuck in the game worlds of modern culture. One of the theories in the game world of modern culture is that you need money to live. And so there's this whole thing, I have to have a job. Well, then I have to work for a corporation and then I have to pay rent and then I have to buy insurance. And like all of these things all fit together in the modern culture game world. Who built the game world? You? Don't think so. So what are the values? What are the traditions in the game worlds from modern culture? Well, the traditions are that you're a nervous breakdown. 
You're a wreck. You are stressed out. You have no time to be. You have no time for exploration, discovery, unfolding your potential, finding out what's going on in the world, really. You don't have any time for that because you need money to live. And therefore, the game world of modern culture has these traditions that keep you as a, a, a slave. I'll just use the word slave, a zombie slave, actually. And so for you to find your way out of the modern culture zombie slave game world with all of its traditions, you have it's, you, there's this natural tendency to fight, to try to fight against the modern culture game woes. It's like, I hate this, I don't like that, this is wrong, this should change. And like Buckminster Fuller said, it's like you don't change things by fighting the existing game worlds. You change things by building new, you know, regenerative culture game worlds and inhabiting them. And these game worlds that make the existing game worlds irrelevant. But existing game worlds are then irrelevant. You don't even have to think about them. And so I understood this many years ago, but we did not have these bridges built that people could use for you know, inhabiting this bridge. You, can, you, you provide a service to people that's so valuable, they have to give you something. They, have, they just cannot do it. It's, it's, so it's more valuable than a lawyer. It's more valuable than an ordinary doctor. It's more valuable than the university. It's more valuable than you know, new clothes. It's more, so they end up giving you money because they don't have anything else to give you. So as a bridge, you need to have a foot in both worlds. You need to have a foot in modern culture and a foot in next culture. And so you still need money because uh, you have a foot in both worlds. So you have to have a way to receive money and use it for whatever. But if I don't, you know, a lot of times, like for right now, for example, what I'm doing with you guys, I do it for free. So I'm giving you a thousand euros of, of service right now for free. Okay, how can I do that? Well, because I live in pretty much, I have a foot in next culture. So I, the way we exchanged value in next culture is we exchange value. We don't use a currency in between in general. So I'm doing, I can do this for free with you guys because I live in next culture because I, our exchange of value is so important. Like I get to tell you things that most people in modern culture are, are too freaked out to listen about. I can't really give, you know, give a talk or a workshop on this in modern culture. People will just freak out. But you guys are edge workers. You guys are building your own game walls. And so, I get to talk to you and you have this listening power that pulls new things through me that I've never said before. So this is valuable for me. So we're exchanging value right now. So this is on the other side of the bridge. You get that? So on the, on the next culture side of the bridge, I'm not, we're not using money to, have, to do what we're doing right now. We are exchanging value right now without money in between. But for you to be a bridge, you have to have a foot back in modern culture. So you need to have money going through your bank account. 
And so you provide the value of the traditions of your new game world. So your new game world will have value that it is valuable for going across the bridge. It's an evolution of consciousness work. It is healing work. It is initiatory process work. It is transformation work. And so it's upgrading thought work. It's emotional healing process work. It's all of these kinds of things that you are able to for more and more to provide for people. They, they, it's worth more than they could ever give you in terms of money. So they happily give you money as you are providing the service. So there's this in-between state where your game world is not built and you have not escaped from the traditions of the modern culture game world. And you, you have not so many friends yet that you're exchanging value directly with in next culture. So it's this in-between state. Well, that's what a bridge is. A bridge is this in-between place. So you can make your home in the in-between place. You, you are a bridge. So a bridge is between two places. So it's, it's a different kind of life to be a bridge than it is to be a modern culture slave drone, you know, a zombie, or to be a next culture, way, a mage or a village weaver or guardian, you know, or, or evolutionary. Those are two different things. And so you're, you're in between both. And we need bridges right now. We need really a lot of bridges to help other people go across. And so this is why I'm talking with you about building the game world and becoming aware of the traditions that you're building in your game world. So I, 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 think, I think that most of you are still spending most of your time in the game worlds of modern culture and subscribing to and being a slave of the traditions from modern culture without walking through the world in your bubble of your own game world, holding the culture of your own game world and, and being amazed that there are people out there who would still play in the modern culture game world. So there's this, when you get the picture, it's, it's like almost ridiculous that anybody would continue to play in a modern culture game world as soon as you have, as soon as you understand that you're building a game world that's a bridge for people to come over to next culture. And, and so it's important to realize, well, what traditions are your traditions? And you guys might wanna have a meeting about this um, when I'm not here or somebody else is not there, but it might be interesting for you to, to figure out what your traditions are. You know, when I was raised as a kid, uh, my father was part German and brought with him to America this uh, some traditions from the Lutheran, the Lutheran, like a Christian Lutheran uh, tradition. So they, so we had Christmas at home, we had a Christmas tree, and we had a Christmas tree. And my mother, she, she is actually pure Czechoslovakian. She, they had been in uh, America for four generations, but. Her culture, they lived in a small part of Ohio, and they kept the Czechoslovakian culture in, in her family. And so every Christmas would come around, and 
we would, she would want to have fried fish and potato salad on Christmas Eve, okay? All right, everybody else is having turkey and duck and ham and like doing all this stuff. And my mother's cooking fried fish and, and, and potato salad. And so one Christmas, I went to, to check me to Prague. I went to Prague for Christmas. And I'm walking down the streets in Prague and almost every other corner was a tank of fish because people, everybody in Prague was buying fish for Christmas Eve dinner because they were going to have fried fish and potato salad for Christmas Eve dinner. I go, this is, this is where I got this tradition. I got this tradition through my mother. She did not know this. She did it because her mother did it. Her mother did it because her mother did it. Four generations, they passed down this tradition of fried fish and potato salad for Christmas Eve dinner. And, it, and I got it. And I had no idea why until I went back to Prague. And then I go, everybody is doing it. So then I could, oh, then I, I got this clarity about where the tradition came from. So every single, almost everything in our lives came from somewhere like that. Amelia, are we going to say something? No, no, no. I'm listening to you. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody want to say anything right now? Okay. All right. So, so this is just a tiny little example of one little tradition that was carried on in my family unconsciously for generations. And, and it was not my tradition. I did not, it was not from my game world. And so it was in an invasion. It was a contamination. It was, a, it was an unconscious tradition passed on into my life year after year for 18 years, basically until I left home when I was 18. And then, and then I dropped it, you know? I, I have never made fried fish and potato salad for Christmas Eve dinner, ever. Except for that one time I was in Prague, I went to a restaurant and I ordered fried fish and they had potato salad and fried fish for dinner from Prague. So, but ever since then, I never did it. So, okay, this is about examining the traditions of the game world that you would love to live in, the game world that you are building. What are the traditions that you would do that? So one of the things you need to do is, um, it can be a tradition in your game world to regularly try new traditions, mm -hmm. which is really the opposite of almost every other game world. They have a set of traditions, they're conscious or unconscious, mostly unconscious, and they only do that. And trying new traditions is not part of their, of their game world. And so then you can bring into a tradition to try new traditions as part of your game world. This is revolutionary. This is really revolutionary. And I just want to say traditions, like oftentimes in a game world, we'll think, that a game world has rules. We even call them rules of engagement in, the, in possibility management. We've been calling it rules of engagement. It's really traditions. And so tradition actually replaces the rules. It's softer, you know, it's a, more of a choice. So declaring is one of the three human powers. So the other two powers are asking and choosing. Declaring, choosing, and asking. These are the three powers. If you want to study that more, there's a website called Three Powers. And 
the declaring that we do, it's just like an expand the box training when the, the, the morning after the story, the story world, you know, realizing stories are not true. The morning after that, we start consciously practicing declaring with the person across from us. Okay, declaring is either conscious or unconscious. So this is what I'm talking about is making your declaring conscious. The more, so if your, declare, if your declaration is not conscious, then your declaration is unconscious and usually serves unconscious purposes, which means gremlin purposes or survival strategy purposes. So this is the point is to make your declaring of your traditions conscious. So how many of the game world traditions? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking of like some of the traditions, for example, one of the tradition of the trainer path became that we would hold space for each other to go for emotional healing processes without a cost for money. Yeah. And, and that was, it wasn't a tradition of possibility management before really the trainer path started, even among, among trainers. But it, it, it started as what we called it an experiment. We said, let's do an experiment. And then it, it became a tradition. And I'm just thinking that maybe a lot of the traditions that it's like, I don't know if, would you declare them, okay, we're having a new tradition or would it, would it emerge out of, well, let's do an experiment. And if it works, then we keep it as a tradition. If you're asking me, I mean, it says what I, every game world is invented and the traditions are also invented. And that means it's an experiment. It makes it an experiment. And so every game world tradition is invented out of nothing and it is an experiment. And if you, so I would encourage it to be kept as an experiment rather than trying to solidify it into, you know, hammered in stone, carved in stone. You know, we got, we have a tradition that's gonna always be this way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like that. So uh, I don't think that really helps. <clears throat> you know, if you're trying to, let's see, if you're trying to build a game world that does not have evolution or transformation as a bright principle, then you might want to carve your traditions in stone. This is the way it goes. And then everybody knows this is the way it goes. And so everybody can be right and they can tell the people who are wrong and it can be this flatland game world this has no evolution or transformation in it. but possibility management and if you build a bridge or if you're an edge worker like all of this stuff has evolution and transformation at its core it will always be an experiment and so that's what i'm saying is life on the bridge is an experiment it's an experimental life you know um, Marchin, have you did you tell people about your plans? You you had some plans about a travel journey somewhere. Did you did you tell people about that? Yeah, actually we do. Tell people tell as much people so we, we like you know like when the time will come, it will be easier to go there and not pretend that we didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, so. The idea of get, like, taking their child and their, their family outside of the modern culture game world as far away as Fiji or somewhere is, is you know, it's scary, it's insane, it's 
un, unpredicted, it's unconventional, it's, and so it's an experiment. Okay, will it work? Well, it's already working actually. Hmm. It's already working because they, you know, Marchand and Beata, they are not the same as they were before because now they have part of themselves already going over to Fiji. <laughs> part of them, they're probably learning how to eat taro and, and tapioca, cassava, and how to make tapa cloth and how to, like all these things uh, are completely new ways of life and new traditions. So, and another thing is like, Marchand, you also, I don't know how many of you have done the emotional healing intensive, you know, where you do two weeks or four weeks, like every emotion that comes up, you take it into an emotional healing process. Anybody has done that? Anybody besides Marchand? You did that, Magdalena? Okay, how long was yours? It was just one week. A week, okay. How many processes did you do in the week? Wealth or yeah. something like a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th and so that thing also um, is, it was invented out of nothing. It was invented out of necessity. It was invented as an experiment. And now there's a website called Emotional Healing Intensive. And it's a, it's a standard practice of a possibilitator to once a year or so do an emotional healing intensive for one week, two weeks, four weeks, and every single emotional healing process, emotion that comes up, take it into a healing process, use the doorway. And now, and it's like, wow, what, a, what an amazing thing. And so, and most of the processes, like Magdalena, how many of the processes did you pay for? None. Now, how conceivable is that in modern culture game world? It is not conceivable. You get that? In modern culture game, when you go to a psychiatrist, it costs you 200, 300 euros to visit a psychiatrist. And they don't even go through process. They just discuss stuff. You know what I mean? So it takes 15 years of going, you know, to accomplish what you did in a week. So, so this is a different culture. And so we're building. So the question is, how many game world traditions that you now play in are serving unconscious purposes. So what that means is to sit together with each other, talk about the game worlds that you play in, you know, the gas station, the bank, the grocery store, the shoe store, you know, Netflix, I, I, you know, the clothing store. I don't know which game worlds you're playing in, your work, maybe university, you know, which game worlds are you playing in? What are their purposes? You know, what are the traditions of those game worlds? You write down the traditions and then you go, okay, is the game world even aware of its own purposes? Probably not because it's handed down from generation to generation. These game worlds have been existing for a while, most of them. You know, not Netflix, of course, it's a new game world. But, um, so, so write down the game worlds that you're playing and find out which, what the purposes are of those game worlds and, and go, okay, it does not have to keep going like this. It does not have to keep going like this. You can reclaim your power of conscious declaring and you can institute different traditions in your own game world. 
So what you do is you start building out the traditions that you want to experiment with in your game world. So for example, and Chloe and I, we invented a, a space called the writing house. And we just invented it. We were, we were going to live in a, a bridge house, but then the bridge house happened all by itself. So we, we did not have to invent the first bridge house. So then we could do something else. And what we really wanted to do is write. And so we invented a writing house and we had six people here for a month or so. And then two of the women moved out because they rapidly evolved and they needed to go do something else. So then there's four of us in the writing house. And they go, how do we, how does a writing house go? And like, how does it work? Well, we started inventing traditions. We started to invent traditions. Like after we were here for a month, the house is just a mess. There was dirt everywhere and like crap, you know, just like it was a mess. So we said, okay, we, okay. every two weeks, we're going to have a half hour whiz bang uh, cleaning space. It's going to be a whiz bang transformation. And who's going to be the first space holder? And so we, we all stood together and go, whiz bang. Well, whiz bang is a tradition. You know, we stole the tradition from possibility management. We moved into this, you know, and the first thing we find out is the vacuum cleaner doesn't even work. The thing's crammed up, somebody sucked up like dough or, or something into the filter and the thing wouldn't work anymore. I spent half my time trying to clean the filter and gave up, we borrowed, you know. And so anyway, so, so now we have this tradition. It's like two weeks, half hour, <clears throat> Saturday, we do a, a half hour whiz bang and it's fun. You know, it's like, it just happens and the, and the, and the writing house is, 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 makes better writing after this whiz bang. Okay, okay. Who, what, how many meals are we going to have? <clears throat> well, you know, see like that. So we, we have one shared meal a day, just in the middle of the day. Who's cooking the meal? Well, we rotate. And the one who cooks does not do the dishes. That's our tradition now. Now, I don't like that tradition because that means that the person who cooks can make this huge mess and they don't have to clean it up. So I would prefer that the one who cooks cleans it up because then they know what kind of mess they're making. In any case, that's a tradition where it's still an experiment. <clears throat> so we're, we're doing all who shops, you know, how, what kind of noise can you make when somebody's in the writing space? <clears throat> Excuse me. So like you, there's certain noises that are not really okay to make when people are in a writing space. And so where do the calls happen? Because we're doing rage club and fear club. People are doing three, three, threes all over the place. So. You know, we're doing a writing space here and you're doing a 333 upstairs and that, you know, who I have to answer the door when the neighbors come over and ask us what's going on and like all this stuff. is So all these traditions we are bringing alive and making it how we want. So this is, the, this is my invitation to you is to take a look at the traditions that you are using unconsciously in the different game worlds that you're playing in and 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 decide uh, what you want to do about it. So there's this. Can I yeah, say go something? Ahead. I just because you, Anika is just above you in the picture dimension, and I I just was looking at you, and I I I wrote this article. I I think in the beginning of coronavirus, we had a client coming in with Clinton, and the client said, I. I can't be in lockdown with my family. I, I just hate my family. I, I can't live with my children. It's, I, 
you know, I'm going to kill, basically, I'm going to kill them, like, if I stay in that, in that space. They're teenage girls. Yeah, teenager and, and, a, and a young boy. And the conversation that we had is, he, he was not designing his house. There was all these traditions from modern culture that he inherited and the adolescent teenage girl ad adopted. And then it's a completely unconscious, not self-design. So, and, and I, I'm just thinking of you, Annika, because I know you also have, you know, children in a house. And that's a great game world, I think, also to experiment with finding out new traditions and also having the children come up with traditions for the house. So I can send you the article because there's some experiments in there that just came out of the coaching with, with um, this guy. Not that you want to kill your children. I don't think so. <laughs> yes, please. Please send me it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So this is about taking radical responsibility for creating or replacing the traditions of the game worlds that you play in. And that this, the, the invitation is that this can make a huge difference in the quality of your life and perhaps the life of others as well. Because you know, you'll tell stories about the experiments that you're trying in your game world, what works, what doesn't work. They go, God, yeah, I want to try that too. Oh, okay, or I won't, all right, I'll never do that one, like that. So this is about this huge experiment of taking radical responsibility for the traditions of the game world that you're playing in, the different game worlds that you're playing in. So in the website, there's just a, uh, some, I started writing experiments, but there's one I wanted to, this one here, it's, it's like, it's called eliminate a tradition. So make it a tradition in your game world to eliminate a tradition, you know, once a month, something like that. Even if there's no reason to eliminate that tradition, you just, just vanish it and just take it out. If you remove a tradition <coughs> unexpectedly, it opens up new space. A new space has new possibilities and new territories to explore that you might not even have noticed were energetically blocking, blocked by the current tradition, the thing you just took out. So you take it out for no reason and just to see what it's blocking. And then different flows happen, different things move around. And then if it turns out that your game world flew better, you know, worked better <clears throat> with the tradition that you just eliminated, well, you can make a proposal, just bring back the old tradition. But it's so cool to take stuff out, put stuff in. I mean, probably you've done things like, okay, this week I'm not drinking coffee, or this week I'm, I'm gonna stop putting any, I'm not buying anything on my credit card, you know, or this week I'm not going to lie. I'm gonna not lie at all this week. Like for example, and so you do that, you bring in this, you, you, you take out, sorry, you take out the tradition of lying. You take out the tradition of eating sugar or drinking coffee. You take out the tradition of buying more shoes. You know, you take that out and see how your how it works. And sometimes you will go, you know, you'll put the tradition back in right afterwards, or sometimes you'll leave it out. And that makes this experimental relationship with traditions part of your game world. 
It makes it part of your game world. And so the, so the main exercise is look at the game worlds that you're in in modern culture that you're participating in and look at the traditions that you've been adapting to, thinking that you have to, thinking that you're a slave and a, and a zombie and therefore you have to agree with their traditions when in fact you're not a slave, you're not a zombie, and maybe you don't need to adopt to those traditions. You know, and so it isn't about trying to change the traditions in the institutions in which you're working. And, and this is what Alan Savory is actually up to. He's, a, he's about inventing new game worlds that have different traditions and moving into and occupying <clears throat> those new game worlds. You move in. And what happens is, is when enough people figure this out, we, people will just be moving out of those old game worlds. And then they'll turn around and look over their shoulder and go, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm, I've got another game world going. I'm, it's a bridge game world. You know, I get money from it. I help a lot of people. I get to play full out. I have my own time. You know, I'm in my own game world. Don't be left behind playing in a stupid game world. <clears throat> That's what you tell your friends on your way out the door. I hope you don't get left behind playing in a stupid game world. Because, you know, the modern culture game worlds are exterminating life on earth. It's a stupid game world. So when you move out, it's like, I care, I care that you move out. I guess that's one of the things I'm trying to tell you is I care that you move out of the modern culture game worlds. Why? One is you can. You guys are all geniuses. You're edge workers. You're clear. You're powerful. You're, you're healthy. You know, whatever happened to you as kids, you know, who cares? You know, you're starting over. You're healthy. Here you are. You know, fuck it. You know, build a new game world. It's time for you to build the game worlds that you would love to live in and occupy them and put in the traditions that would just turn you on. I mean, what did I? There's a whole, let's see. I don't know. And Chloe was talking about practices. Every game world has practices. And so you, you can choose the kinds of practices that you want to have in your game world. Now, if you're living with somebody else, it's you negotiate. I say, I want to try this. You know, and Chloe bought this weirdo herbal toothpaste. You know, she, she got it at one of the, in, in Brazil here. You know, she goes in some store in Brazil, comes back with this tube full of this brown. And this stuff tastes like, I don't know, trees and rubber from a tire and I don't know, star anise. I don't know. It just tastes the first time I tasted it, I, I spit it, you know, I couldn't do it. So, but I've been hanging out with her, you know, I don't know what it is. And so I tried it again. I was willing to try the new toothpaste. Now I actually can brush my teeth with it. It's not a problem. So this is what it is with new traditions. You just walk into the store, grab something you don't, you know, or you mix baking soda and salt together and start brushing your teeth with that or mix some charcoal in with it. So charcoal, baking soda and salt and brush your teeth with this or whatever. You just start fooling around with new practices and some you will, you will like and some you will not like. And, and, but the thing is, if the practice is to try new traditions, 
then your game world is a bridge game world because you are inventing the way that other people can come with you and you're providing service and getting enough money to live on without being a slave in the modern culture game world. So I wanted to, I wanted to put this on the table. Clinton, can you just go back to the practices? Just there was yeah. this one that said like share cost equally or share income equally. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I know some people here I, I live or moving into a community. And for example, this thing of sh sharing cost equally can easily turn, I mean, I can imagine how it can easily turn into a scarcity, you yeah. know, let's buy the cheapest thing because one person doesn't have money. And if we share equally, then the person who has the less money wins the, the battle and this is leveling down to mediocrity. So, I mean, it seemed like, I mean, you said it in the beginning, but it, it seems like it really, new tradition also need thought upgrade and emotional yes. and initiation and emotional healing process. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, there's this, this is a, you know, these experiments in here are all possible traditions that you might want to explore. So one tradition you could have in your game world is called co-funding. And, and uh, the way that it works is you designate certain opportunities or values as worthy of co-funding. Like these things are so important to your game world that you, you guys as a game world want to make this thing happen. So your game world, for example, could value authentic adulthood initiatory processes as a central value of your game world. And you just decide, okay, we're, gonna, we're just gonna co-fund uh, initiations. And then you, you just have this tradition so that you have a way you know, to, to just collect up whatever it takes, uh, connections, uh, transportation, ways of transportation, you know, money for, for, for tuition or supplies. And then you, you co-fund uh, one member of your game world to go do their next initiate, initiation. And then, you know, is it fair? Well, no, is it, is it, but does it work? Yes, it works because the value that one person brings back into your game world changes the whole game world. It upgrades your whole game world. So it makes sense to do that as an experiment. It could be a tradition in your game world. So there's so many traditions that you can bring in that maybe you did not think of before because you were so stuck in the traditions from modern culture that you did not have space to imagine that the traditions that are in your heart, that are in your soul, that, you, that you're, you're long to live with or buy or experiment with, that those they did not have space before because you were so stuck in the traditions of modern culture. You get that? So this is the, this is the invitation this is to play. This is the invitation to fool around. And, but, you, but the way to do that is to examine what traditions are you following that you, you don't know our traditions, that you don't know our experiments, that you didn't know are flexible. You did not know that you could choose to do something other than that. So get together and, and go through that. Look over, look over the game worlds that you're in, what the traditions are, and write down their traditions. And then go, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to you know, think that I'm going to work 40 years for this company and then retire and then start living. You know, I, I don't want to 
whatever the thing is, you know, you start finding out what you do want and start going, okay, I'm making it a tradition and whatever it is, you just make, make, try the new experiments. If you start doing stuff like that, you probably will need emotional healing processes. Because <clears throat> how many of you have already had an emotional healing process where you burned at the stake or killed by your community in a past life? Anybody ever have that? Okay. Amelia, you didn't you didn't find that one yet? I didn't find. Okay. It's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah. It's there. You think I, I can choose too. which one? <laughs> no. I mean, it comes when it comes, you know? Okay. But it's really obvious that it's there. Anika, for you too, it's really obvious that it's there. Monica, did you put your hand up? Yes, I did. Yeah. And, and Ava, you had your hand up also? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just keep in mind, you have more than one of those. So it's not just one. It's usually a few of them. You guys have been around long enough that there's a few times that you tried to do something different and the people took you out. And it was a really bad thing where they took you out. It was painful and horrible. You know, and you get to make all new decisions. So it's really worth it to, um, when the fear comes up, it's mostly this subtle fear. You don't even notice the fear at first. It's the, it's the fear that means you go do something else. Instead of building out your new game world, you go do something else. Instead of trying a new tradition, you, you go do something else. And, it, and it, this is fear. And when you start noticing, oh gosh, you know, this is the third time I wanted to do this cool thing that Clinton said about looking at the game worlds and what the traditions are and the game worlds that I'm playing in and I did not do it, ah, there's some fear going on there. And use that fear, let it get bigger, use it as a gateway, a doorway for an emotional healing process. Because there are huge fears locked in us from times before, if this life or other lives, when we wanted to invoke a new, a new tradition or try something different and the whole, the whole system freaked out, you know, and attacked us. You know, so that's happened to us. So I'm, I've said mostly what I wanted to share with you guys. I, I want to open the floor to anything else. For me, um, I wrote down with big letters what um, that this distinction that every tradition is just an experiment. It it shifted something in me. Uh, it it kind of took some lenses of my of my of my eyes, and I can look at. I I feel the change in my um, in my bodies. This distinction really. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, landed in me very much. So I, I guess I can have this kind of filter. I will try, I will, my experiment will be now to cultivate this filter and look at the traditions as an experiment. And then mm -hmm. if it's an experiment, I can 
experiment with the experiment, change it or <laughs> do whatever. So that thank you that uh, that landed. <laughs> experiment with the experiment. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I feel a lot of joy because I. Like I imagine us creating more consciously the game world of our family. Mm. And at the same time, I really like the, you know, like because I use the word experiment a lot. And, and like there are a lot of people who actually, when I say experiment, they're already like, oh. uh, so, so I, I can use the word tradition now, which is, you know. Mm. <laughs> And also with Shiwi, because we can, it's not like just an experiment, it's like invent new tradition, and then we can invent new, new tradition and play with making uh, traditions. So, yeah. so thank you very much for the, for the possibility. Thank you. Mm. And what came to me, so it's, uh, I have a, I have the impression that I have not many traditions, so even in our game world, we don't have many game world of creating a Sada uh, Eco Village. We don't have uh, many traditions till now, tra many traditions till now. But I'm thinking about the consciously creating traditions. So now I, I can create the tradition and yes. this is the tradition. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it sounds great. <laughs> I, I'm not thinking of a specific example, but oftentimes in a conversation, I will say, we, we have a tradition that uh, uh, we, pause, we, we pause a moment before we eat our meal together. And, and people go, oh, I, I never heard of that tradition before, or I forgot, or I didn't think about it, but it's such a great idea. I don't even say, let us have this tradition. I just say, we already have this tradition that, and it, make, and it either makes sense or it does not. And so you just take step forward and say, here is a tradition. And it goes like this. And then people just walk right into it and you go, oh yeah, it's a tradition. But it's like, and Chloe said for her, before she went to Asia, the tradition is walk through your house with your shoes on. And then and then she was confronted with that tradition, you know, in, in Asia. And then she came back to Europe and then she makes the proposal in the restaurant. I'm, let's walk through the restaurant with no shoes on. And, and they did not accept the, her proposal. Okay, no big deal. Um, so sometimes the traditions are accepted by the other people and sometimes not. But that doesn't mean to not try them again. You don't have to, you know, and it's not bad or wrong or stupid. You know, so if you propose a tradition and it's not accepted, just, you know, wait till a different time or build more matrix in people or, because if you really want that, then go ahead. Like, for example, I have made the proposal for a tradition that everybody who is a possibilitator, basically everybody in possibility management, go to a website called kiva.org and loan 25 euros to somebody in the world in some, you know, Indonesia or Uzbekistan or someplace who wants to buy some cement to build a new part of their toilet so they can have an indoor toilet. 
and they and then they pay back the loan after a year or two, 25 euros. And then and then, and then okay, so I've made that proposal a lot of times in newsletters and websites. Nobody has hardly done it. Two people have done it out of the entire possibility management game world. On Thursday, we're having the game world incubator with the 24 people. I will propose it again. And I will propose it like this. Go do it now or I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> do this. And then that will be a doorway for an emotional healing process for you. Either you don't do it and it's an emotional healing process or you do it and it's an emotional healing process. But it's like, you know, there's ways you can make proposals that really people have a chance to, to face into it, to face your proposal. So I'm trying to encourage you to please make proposals, you know, make different proposals. Yeah. And for me, it's also uh, interesting. Um, what for we are creating those traditions? So what, what is the purpose of this tradition? So this is, um, I think this is a great question. Yeah. Because, yeah, so for example, in my community, what, what would be the purpose of that tradition? And this is, this is how it also, um, I don't know, maybe it comes also from the necessity then, no, no, this tradition comes from the necessity or we can create something different with this tradition. So it could be also the, as you said, the rule in the next culture or the rule or the, the principle in the next culture or something. So, so it's like, a, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's for me interesting question. Actually, Great. what for I need a tradition with other people? Especially, you know, traditions like carnival yeah. or traditions like Hanukkah or birthday or funerals, like death, you know, yes. when somebody dies, what's the tradition? When somebody's born, what is the tradition? Yes. Birthdays, like all this stuff. Like, what is the purpose, like you're saying? What is it? Yeah. Doing? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking at the time, and the time flies by when we're having fun. I promise to reserve a couple minutes for and Chloe and Magdalena to say something. I think that time is now. Who would like to go first? I would go first. Would you unshare your screen, Clinton, so I can actually see everything? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel glad to have been with you for this entire meeting, for this last meeting. And I, if I have to say where I'm putting my energy, the list would be very long. Um, if, I'm, if I'm not coming to the possibilitator training Poland as a, as a, whatever, as a possibilitator, because I'll still um, meet you every six months or something as a TTTS trainer, I'll, I'll come around. Um, but I think really in the past, actually, the liquid state that I've been in the past few days, it's been really to, I've been giving this experiment to lean back and, um, and, to, and to just do the things that are just there in front of me instead of, of splitting my attention in, in many direction. And I'm uh, through emotional healing process and decontamination process, I'm really enjoying this, this leaning back. And I, I think it just 
matches perfectly uh, me leaning back out of the possibility of training Poland. And I'm so very glad that you guys are together and also hearing the legends from the trainings. It seemed like, and also from Marcin, that the PM Poland community is just thriving. So I just feel glad. And Chloe, I encourage you to say 30 seconds of where are you are putting your energy. What projects are you working on? Yeah, so writing, mostly writing. So the game world, the game world builder handbook um, is is in in progress, kind of slowly but surely. And we have a project with Clinton about writing a book about fear. Um, and and then and then I'll be holding space for the we just uh, how do you say created a publishing company. So we're going to be publishing the books that are coming out, especially from Clinton that are already written. And that requires all this designing and printing and making covers and, and uh, flying around the world. So that would be another part of my energy. So some of the books are coming out soon. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Magdalena. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, like, it was a huge process for me to really discover what are my priorities now and in the past. Magdalena, I have yeah? a proposal. I think we'd like Go. to use this time with you that people can appreciate what you gave in the time that you were here so far. Could you just, are you willing to receive that? Are you willing to receive that? Yes. So a couple of people, we could just tell Magdalena what, what was great about having her around. Just clear, specific little things. I appreciated your, when you shared how, how you brought the energy of the space into your female space that, you, you know, your, your women's space that you have every two weeks uh, at the similar time. And then you reported back. And so it was this flow of energy between here and there. And um, yeah, I just really appreciated you also flowing back the energy into, into this space. Thank you. I really appreciate your creativity and uh, all the high level fun I had with you. And I'm sad that you're leaving. Thanks. Thank you. I really appreciate your presence and uh, your willingness to experiment with proposals. And especially, I remember this uh, almost legendary experiment of you working with your fear and taking your fear uh, to this, uh, to taking, to holding space for this woman's space. With the gloves. Very inspired of the gloves, <laughs> yes. That was that was very inspiring <laughs> and very creative. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate your um, uh, your quality of being in a team. So I've got the chance to be with you uh, on the teams uh, during this uh, during this uh, days, and I really appreciate your teamwork. I felt with you as a part of, uh, of, of a team. Thank you. 
And I appreciate your spirit of a pioneer. Uh, pioneer? Yeah. Pioneer? Pioneer. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. So thank you all for this time of being together. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And thank you for your listening and your questions and your sharing and, and your experiment spirit, spirit of experimenting. So I hope you have success and fun and rapid learning in your experiments together. And I look forward to the next time I get to see you. Yes, and I want to add something uh, because we are more or less the, the old group of uh, Polish uh, uh, possibility trainers. And there is a team around us that, can, that we want to invite you to Poland for the lab. So maybe it's the, this time to, to say it loudly <clears throat> that we want to, to invite you to, 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 come, to come to Poland for the lab in the next year. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I, have, I have to let you know that your invitation has impacted our world. And so we had no plans really at all for next year. And now we're starting to formulate some plans or some catalytic element of pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> and vigos. And yeah, vigos. <laughs> So uh, we will be contacting you more specifically about that. Thank you for making it a formal invitation. I mean, I think we, so we're talking to Gabriela and Eva on Friday. So I think that's, right. that would be the formal thing, yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks. All right. Okay. Over and out. Okay. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Annika. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.